Welcome to the South Mims U podcast. How did you hear about us? Perhaps it was intuition which led you to this episode. A feeling or a parapsychological message, maybe. There are many things we don't understand about how the world works, and our physics department will tell us, wait for the scientists to find out the secrets of the universe. But some believe that the ancients and the mystics and the shamans already knew about these matters thousands of years ago. That's why they built temples perfectly aligned to the shifting journey of the sun and the moon and the stars. On the line we have Professor Lockwood Richwine, who heads up our Parapsychology Institute. Professor, are you there? Hello. Well, thank you, Professor, for joining us, and thank you, too, for enabling a link from your new video conferencing service. Well, my pleasure. It's a project we've been developing with the university's digital whiz kid, uh, Edwin Turl. Oh, Edwin, yes. Uh, he's brilliant, but uh, quite a maverick. Well, he convinced me that Zoom and Skype are too vulnerable to the energy fields generated by the large collection of crystals we have here in the department. So he built us a special program. We call it Lay Vision. Lay for short. Lay? L-E-Y, with an E, as in ley lines. So instead of Skyping people, you lay them. Very clever. Lay them. Isn't that a little bit um, unfortunate? Don't follow you. Uh, doesn't matter. OK. Uh, I can see you have a very well-appointed office there. Uh, it's uh, full of what look like very interesting artefacts and exhibits. There appear to be, uh, oh, shrunken heads, uh, fascinating old maps, a model of a spaceship, I think that is, an enormous display of crystals, as you said, and geodes, and... Well, what is that, Professor? It's, is it some kind of... Um, it's a doily, isn't it? No, that's a dream catcher, as favoured by the North American Indians. Ah, the Native American Indians, yes. Yeah, exactly that. Yes, I, I bought that one on a beach in California, but uh, it's basically the same design. Yes, I must admit that one of the most frustrating aspects of this kind of work is that you spend your whole life, as I have, going to obscure parts of the world like uh, Nepal, Samarkand, in search of interesting parapsychological artefacts, only to find the same things for sale decades later in Camden Market. Well, perhaps we go any further. We need to define what parapsychology is. OK, then off you go. No, um, no, no, perhaps it would be better if you did it, Professor. Oh, yes, I see. <laughs> Parapsychology. Well, I suppose it's trying to explain the unexplained, you know, like in the television show The X-Files. Oh, yes, yes, Fox and Mulder. It's a bit like that. Or, who do you call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> Please, but I suppose it is a bit like that, yes. Ghosts are a part of parapsychology, as are aliens, I suppose. So it's the study of aliens as well? In a way, they are part of it, but by no means the whole. Aliens, the Bermuda Triangle, apparitions, ESP, chariots of the gods, all that sort of thing. Well, maybe to sum it up, um, you could use the Twilight Zone as an example. If you like. Is it usual for a university to have such a department? Yes. Well, no. Uh, well, not anymore. South Mims U is leading the way in um, courses which, uh, which attract more alternative students. And also, you know, third-age people. You mean ageing hippies? Some, yes, but also students who might not, how shall I say, get into other institutions, fit into them. That might be a better way of putting it. Do you have many students? Always looking for more. But South Mims have very generously allowed us some time to build up our student base so that we make um, 
economic sense in these straightened times. And of course, some ageing hippies are quite well healed, aren't they? Uh, yes, that is true, but not all. Uh, actually, um, you've got, is that a crystal ball you've got there? Yes, yes, it's a real one. We do a scrying course. Scrying is what looking into a crystal ball is called. It's a very popular course, that one. Now, I understand, Professor, you're on the verge of announcing a very important development. Well, we're not on the verge anymore. Your podcast is the grand announcement, and it is to do with ley lines. Ley lines, right, yes. I see the connection with your video conferencing service now. Indeed. I have heard of ley lines. They're, um... Uh, go on, go on, go on. They're force fields. Uh, no, no, that's, that's not what they are. Imaginary lines. On a map. A mystical map. You're sort of skirting round it. Basically, it is a line, usually perfectly mystically straight, connecting different uh, sites. Sites. During the 20th century, it was noticed that a lot of ancient monuments, uh, standing stones, burial mounds, dolmens and so on, could be found on a sort of straight line. It would also go through churches and so on, abbeys, cathedrals. Standing stones and cathedrals, that's an odd mixture, isn't it? Well, a lot of churches and cathedrals were built on pagan sites to get the pagans to convert. So a lot of these are originally pagan sites. With ley lines running through them? Connecting them, yes. Like tracks, then? Ancient bridleways, maybe? No, 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 no. You can't see them. It's not like a cart track. You were right before. They are imaginary. So they don't actually exist? We say they do exist. If you look at a map and mark the sites on them, you will see that they're on a straight line. That's the ley line. It's imaginary in that you can't see it, but it does exist. There are a lot of them in the West Country, for example. There's Stonehenge, Glastonbury and so on. Oh, yes. Glastonbury is famous for that sort of thing, isn't it? Well, it's practically an industry down there. But as we were saying before... All these monuments turn out to be on straight lines, and it's not just those. There are varying degrees of landmarks to take into consideration. Some say wells and even crossroads are significant. But again, straight lines between them. Is that coincidence, maybe? I mean, you can run lines through anything if you try hard enough. Can you? Well, perhaps you could say that, but the theory is that these monuments were built on a straight line of energy. What kind of energy? Earth energy. Well, what's that? Is that magnets or something? No, no, no. Finding out exactly what that is, is what this department is all about. Well, how do you know the energy is there? Things happen. What things? Well, we are collating what things. That's part of the department's work. Well, can you give us some sort of idea? Well, psychics say the lines generate energy and they can feel it. It affects them. I still don't get it. They, they might get a tingling sensation, like water diviners get... Vibrations. Right, I think I'm getting there. When ley lines were first discovered, it was considered bad luck to walk along them. You could encounter, I don't know, groups of mischievous fairies there. So you're investigating mischievous fairies? That was their way of describing it then. We would call mischievous fairies unusual energy levels nowadays. Those are different descriptions of the same thing from different viewpoints and times. Anything else? There have been a lot of reports of hauntings in areas crossed by ley lines, a lot of parapsychological events, which is why it comes under our department. A multitude of mysterious events could be put down to ley lines. But this big development you are talking about is not connected with these things that happen, is it? No. 
We are investigating those all the time, though the new development might help. No, the development is we have found a new one, a new ley line. In the West Country? No, 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 right here in South Mims. Here? How on earth did you do that? You see, there's a couple of well-known lines that sort of start in London and then go left a bit and then connect with some sites in Suffolk, kind of dog leg. If there were a site in Mims, you'd be able to draw a line straight through, but there isn't one until now. I see. You would have to have found a new site for the line to go through. That's exactly what we have done. Good Lord. So you have found a new ancient site. Isn't that the area of the uh, archaeology department? Don't talk to me about them. What, bad blood? We sometimes don't see eye to eye. We found it first. Fascinating. What is it? A mound. A mound. It looks like a burial mound, a very ancient burial mound. Where? It happens to be in the middle of a traffic roundabout on the B556, very close to South Mims. That's a stroke of luck. Um, an important ley line that's right on your department's doorstep. I'm sorry, what are you implying? Nothing, nothing at all. Uh, this is all a bit beyond me, to be honest. I, um, I'm just saying that it is lucky for you to have found something so close to, uh, to study. Do you have a photograph of it? I thought this was a podcast. I mean, they can't see well, it. For me, just, just background research. Well, we don't have an official one yet. This is a snap I took with a rather dodgy phone. Oh, right, I see what you mean. I'll just describe it for the listeners. It, uh, it looks like a traffic island with a grassy mound in the middle. Well, that's essentially what it is. You have to get up closer to see... Uh, to see what's really there. How come it was not discovered before? Well, being in the centre of a traffic roundabout, it was overlooked for years. What about when they first built the roundabout? One theory is that the mound was there where they wanted to put the road and they just went round it and made a roundabout and then forgot about it. It's not a very large mound and, you know, these mounds get smaller all the time. Why is that? Just general wear and tear. Rain wears them down. Picnickers. Do people often picnic on a traffic island? It has been known on the more picturesque ones. In the Lake District, for example, I was making a general point. And how did you actually discover it? One of my students, an American by the name of Parthenia R. Rentenbrink, actually discovered it. She was driving from the university to her Pilates class, went round the roundabout the wrong way. She is an American, not all. And as she swerved to avoid a postal van, she noticed the irregularity in the middle. She's a psychic and felt a strange wave of vibrations. So she stopped the car and investigated. She soon discovered there was more to the roundabout than was previously thought. And did she know how significant the find might be? Very much so. She is one of my keenest students and she's very committed to the success of the department and the university as a whole. She intends to use her degree to further her parapsychology business back in San Francisco. So the success of the department is important to them. Are there these uh, ley lines in America too, then? I think they're everywhere. Wherever there is human activity. You know Uluru? What, the woman in Star Trek? No, that big rock thing in Australia. It used to be called Ayers Rock. There's a lot of them around that, apparently. I've not been to see. More and more interesting. So uh, what's the next step, Professor? I'm going to try to get South Mims to become a global centre for ley line studies to have a reputation similar to Glastonbury. After all, we are directly connected to Stonehenge. Directly connected? Uh, how do you make that out? I mean, you're miles away. Well, this new ley line gives us a direct connection. 
Well, an indirect connection via London, but a connection all the same. A parapsychological connection, which is what matters to the people who would be interested. The plan is to open the new mound to the public and have a gift shop and sell souvenirs. I intend to order several thousand Stonehenge models and key rings. <laughs> well, why not have models of the mound, your own mound? Well, Stonehenge looks nicer. At the end of the day, our mound, though fascinating, is just uh, its a mound. We do have some prototype mound key rings, though. We will also have a cafe nearby, which I think could be a serious rival to the cafe at the motorway services. We could have bagels in the shape of a mound. I've investigated that, and it could be done. You have clearly thought this through very carefully. And this is just the beginning. I was also thinking of building an underpass. Well, how do you mean? It's what they're planning at Stonehenge, a tunnel to take cars under the monument so that the, uh, the, the atmosphere isn't ruined by the traffic. So you would essentially have a, an underpass under a traffic island? Yes. That would be the final plan, but I appreciate it would be a big investment and very expensive. We'd have to take a lot of people with us, including the highways agency and the council and so on, and we would need a car park as well, <clears throat> which could be a good source of revenue. And what does the council think of all this? Well, I don't know about it yet. The discovery is all very new. But I think the commercial possibilities of South Mims becoming the new Glastonbury will not escape them. You wouldn't want a rock festival as well, would you? I think that would be going too far. But a few of the parapsychology students are folk singers, and they were talking about celebrating the new ley line with the song and dance happening at Midsummer. Actually, when I asked you about the next step, I really meant about the mound itself. I mean, have you had it authenticated? I mean, its provenance. How do you mean? Well, by archaeologists. Isn't that a normal procedure? Not yet, but I see that as a formality. As I said, we're having a few issues with the archaeology department, and I'm sure those will soon be resolved. It's very clear that it's an authentic mound. I've seen plenty in my time, and it looks just like all the rest. Have you found any artefacts near it to prove your theories? One or two. Uh, what do you think of this? Dug up near the mound. All oh, right, well, let's have a look. Uh, well, looks like a chicken bone. It is. Stone Age man definitely ate chicken. Are you certain? Yes. Well, like I said, pretty sure. Caesar said they had chickens here when he invaded. I looked it up. Well, that's a bit of a gap, isn't it? Stone Aged Caesar. Even I know that. Actually... Isn't there a favourite chicken on the B556? There's no connection there. This bone looks very old. Look, there's green stuff on it. And look there, there's a hole in it. So it might have been used as a brooch or a talisman of some kind. And there's this here, flint. Yes, indeed. That does look like a piece of flint. It could be one of those axes, flint axes. And that was found on the site? Near the site, on the other side of the road. That's near enough. I think it's pretty conclusive proof. It needs sharpening a bit, but, you know, it's old, isn't it? So it'll be a bit blunt. I suppose so. It's um, not really my field of expertise. Um, have you been inside it? Inside what? The mound. Have you seen inside the burial chamber and all that kind of thing? Uh, not exactly. Not yet. Like I said, it's quite a low mound. It sits low in the ground. We're not sure where the entrance is. Oh, I mean, that shouldn't take long to find. I mean, it will be at one end or the other, won't it? I mean, it's like not like a pyramid, is it? Well, true, but we mustn't rush at it. There's a health and safety angle to consider. We have to be very careful about that sort of thing in an educational environment. Go by the book. 
will have to do a lengthy risk assessment, which will have to be passed by the relevant authorities. I see. I mean, though I can't imagine many genuine safety issues, though, I mean, if you go about it carefully... Well, on top of the usual issues, and there are many, we have to consider the health and safety aspects of other factors as well. Curses, for example. Sorry, again? It may be cursed. Remember the tomb of Tutankhamun? It was cursed, you see? That's a serious health and safety issue. Really? Curses is a health and safety issue. Seriously? You were talking about pyramids earlier. As the Department of Parapsychology, we have to take that kind of thing very seriously. We can't be too careful in our position. So all this will take time. A lot of time. And you will have to put your gift shop on hold then, won't you? No, 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 no. We can go ahead with that. There are no issues there. We can start on the gift shop and cafe very soon. The ley line is definitely there, and that is what will arouse the interest. Would you like a mound key ring? I can send you one. Oh, please do. Well, thank you very much. Uh, yes, I'd like one. And uh, good luck with your project. And Professor Lockwood Richwine, it's been an absolutely fascinating 20 minutes. And thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Please review it share it, and look for other subjects from South Mims U. Goodbye.